0: I got it. Hey, hey, what's happening, people? Welcome back to the Rotobond podcast. Pete Davidson here. You there. Today we are going to be talking rookie running backs. Uh, we're going to sort of finally drop uh, drop the hammer on this thing, plant a couple of flags. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to say anything that's controversial compared to what you're hearing from other people. I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to the field this year, um, you know, what what other evaluators are saying, or whatnot. So you guys can let me know if <laughs> if I've got some real hot takes here or not. But uh, before we get to these running backs, and there are a lot of them, um, and it's not like I'm about to cover the whole class or something. But um, there are, and depending on where you want to draw the line, I've got a you know maybe 16 running backs that I actually have some level of interest in, which is great. Um, but before we get to that, just real quick. I want to talk about the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, just to get this off my chest. Not even that, actually. Just uh, just to say, you know, hey, the Jets blinked. What can you say? They got played a little bit. Um, I think it's really sad that the Jets hung on so long, played this game so well. And then at the last second, just as the leverage for them was kicking in, just as Green Bay was about to have a problem, they hook them up. And I think the Jets blinked, to be honest. And I think the Jets gave up. You know, I think the... the the ability for that pick next year to turn into a one is just a really really bad move on the Jets part having said that overall getting Aaron Rodgers is huge uh it means the Jets are going to be a contender uh and what the hell I'm going to enjoy that so uh good move getting Aaron Rodgers I really do think that the Jets after standing up and doing the right thing blinked at the last second and gave up a little too much having said that let's get over to these running backs um This is an interesting class Um, in that, like I said, I've got about, on my board I've got about 13 backs that I'm legitimately interested in. Now, Sean Tucker from Syracuse is one of those backs, and we don't know what's going on with him as far as this health thing goes. He may have some type of heart thing that's going to take him off people's boards. He may not get drafted. We'll have to see how that plays out. If Sean Tucker is ready to go, if he can play football, I like the kid, Um, so He's on my board, but we'll have to see how that shakes out. Um, so I've got this thing broken down into tiers, and just for the fun of it, we'll start from the bottom. We'll we'll work our way up to the top. So in let's call it tier four, these would sort of be the last guys on my boards, board that you know at this time I have some mild interest in. Now the NFL may come in as they often do. And maybe they'll add a couple players to this mix. That would be great. I'd love to have a couple more people I can focus uh, on in the later rounds of these dynasty drafts. So we'll see if any uh, names are added to the list uh, in the next couple days. But um, right now, tier four, and this is a small tier, um, I've got Dwayne McBride out of UAB, uh, who a lot of people like. I'm not in love with Dwayne McBride personally, uh, but he does have... He's on the fringe of NFL ability, so he's worth mentioning. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I love. Little 5'5 guy out of K-State. Weighs nothing, uh, but man, I love the way he runs. And I love the fact that as a tiny little dude, he can carry his pads for four quarters with volume. Look, unless this kid gets a a landing spot that opens something up, probably he's nothing um, for our purposes. But to me, the talent is so good that he's worth at least paying attention to similar Similarly, Evan Hull, uh, out of Northwestern, has some size. Uh, you know, there's a lot of film on him. He's a good player, and I like his passing game chops. So I'm just interested in Evan Hull to the extent that maybe he lands in a place where he could be part of the passing game. If that happens, I think he's a guy who's worth paying attention to. Okay, that takes out the guys who require you know heavy qualification. The rest of these guys you know, are going to be players that, uh, you know, I legitimately like on some level. Um, So let's start at number 13, um, a kid out of Louisville. Um, I'm not 100% sure I'm getting his name right, but Tian Evans. I really like the way this kid runs. He's got active feet, weighs 225 pounds. Um, Now, he does have small hands. There's some things here, but he runs well um he'll he's got the look of an NFL back to me and I'm not hearing anybody giving this guy any love so I think the NFL will give Evans some love uh and I think he's a guy we need to know about and he's certainly a guy who's on my board um next guy up at 12 is um Sean Tucker um who we talked about um you know, we're just going to have to see what the NFL, how they weigh in on him, what the ultimate thing with his medicals is. Tucker's a guy who could move up my board. He could move off my board. We'll just have to see, but he's got some juice. He's a guy who can play on all downs. He's a little small, but he's not tiny like some of these other guys. So to me, Tucker is a guy to know. We're going to have to see what happens to him. Next up in the 11th spot, right before we get into our top 10, although this tier continues inside the top 10, which is important. Uh, but, um, Next up, out of Old Miss is Zach Evans. Just a nice all-around back. I like the way this kid runs. A very natural player. Um, if he finds, you know, if he finds an NFL team that believes in him, um, you know, he could be something. So I like Zach Evans. Uh, I'm not moving heaven and earth to get him, but I like him. Um, ne- next up, actually, I jumped Ze- Evans is ten. I'm sorry, I jumped. Um, But again, we're within the same tier. Actually, 11 is Roshon Johnson out of Texas. Um, Big kid, almost two twenty, six feet tall. Um, Definitely runs with a lot of power, a lot of attitude. Plays the game hard. Pretty much every down I've ever seen this guy play, he's out there looking to mash somebody, do something. Um, So, you know, are we looking at a Miles Sanders scenario where this is a player who could have developed more if he'd had more touches, if he wasn't stuck behind a monster like Bijan Robinson? So... Roshon Johnson definitely a guy to know about definitely a guy who's got NFL chops I'd be really surprised if this guy isn't still in the NFL say five years from now has the look of an NFL back now is he a guy who can take over a backfield I haven't seen that from him on film he's a little inefficient He, he you know he oversteps he overcuts uh he takes long bends when he could take shorter trips meaning he will run further outside than necessary to turn the corner at times um so I'd like him to be a little bit more direct, uh, but you know, there's a lot to like with this guy, and you can't fake 220. Um, and I, you know, quite honestly, I thought he was going to run a little faster. Um, I think he ran four, five, eight. That's I, I think he's got. I think with the pads, he's he's a little better uh, personally. So. You know, I think Johnson is definitely, again, Roshan Johnson out of Texas, the guy who's basically uh, backing up Bijan. I do think this guy's an NFL back, definitely a guy we need to know about. And who knows? The NFL may decide this guy's legit, and we may end up moving him up our boards because, for all we know, he could be like a third-round pick. Okay, now, uh, getting into the top ten. I already sort of blew this (laughs) because I already said Zach Evans is at ten. We got him. And... The next guy is close. I almost pushed the next guy up into the tier above. Um, and maybe I will, because I do like this guy, Tank Bigsby, uh, out of Auburn. But again, this speaks to the depth of the class. Um, you know, I, I he, Tank doesn't have long speed, but I thought his play speed looked better than his timed 4.56. I think he carries his pads well. I like his ability to accelerate. Um... Now, he's never going to have long speed because he's a little bit of a short strider. But he's got more than enough functional speed in the NFL to do pretty much everything you want a running back to do. Um, you know, my question with Tank is: Is he going to? You know, what kind of receiving game impact do we get if he's able to lead a backfield? Uh, I do think he's got the ability to do that. So Tank Bigsby, definitely a guy who's going to be on my board. Definitely a guy where I'm willing to roll the dice with him. Um, not quite in that second tier, but. You know, if any of the guys in the tier I just went through, the Evans, Tucker, Roshan, Johnson, Zach Evans, Tank, Bigsby tier, if any of these guys was going to move up, it was probably going to be Bigsby, for what it's worth. Um, Okay, so, that's um, players 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, and 9. So, now we are getting into the top 8. And again, these guys, um, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, these guys are all in the same tier for me, okay? Um, And I know some people will probably hammer me for the order of this. It's really close. The guy I'm about to get into, like if I cough, he he, he can jump up to the 3 spot, okay? So if you're upset about the rankings within this tier, all I can really say to you is just move them where you want them. Because they're in the same tier, okay? Um, now, that said, uh, my eighth running back is Devin Aitchane, who I love. This guy's amazing. Um, but he's tiny. He's got tiny hands. He's got a lot of college usage. Um, and I just, my problem with jumping in with both feet, you know, on a running back who's sub-190, I just know too much about NFL coaches. They're they, you know, they not going to give this guy enough juice where we can depend on him on a weekly basis unless something really weird happens. And the reason he made it in this tier and the reason he's actually ahead of a guy like Bigsby and, and Johnson and, and well, all these guys who I do like is because this guy's got special ability. He is so fast you can barely see the guy. Okay, So A-Chain's got all kinds of ability. He's got pass game chops. This guy could be something. I'm very interested. I do need a landing spot I can believe in if I'm gonna, you know, actually take a chance on this kid. Because, you know, if he doesn't get an innovative offensive mind and a quarterback who can target running backs effectively and frequently, it's gonna to be tough for him. So landing spot, very important for Devin A. Chain. Obviously, he is just I mean, the guy runs like the wind. He's also got beautiful change of direction, stop, start, the hands. He's got routes. There's all kinds of reasons to be excited about this player. But the NFL is about to happen. We'll sort of get to that later. Um, Next up, and again, there's really no separation here, okay? And here's another guy where I wish he was a teensy bit bigger. Um, But actually... You know what, we'll we'll get to this in a second. We'll get to this in a second. Um, But the next guy up is a guy who I absolutely love. I think he's just got so much juice. Um, But there are some concerns with ball security and and, and instincts and things like that. Um, But Chase Brown out of Illinois. Man, Chase Brown is an interesting, interesting player. I don't hear anybody talking about this guy. um, At least not at at the level that I would uh, be pumping up this guy. Uh, I've seen him unlisted on some lists um and again i i don't get around that much so maybe there's some people really high in chase brown that i don't know about but man chase brown's a guy i'm interested in it um he's just got so much foot quickness and he's got speed he can catch the ball a little bit uh man if this guy landed in the right nfl situation i would be i would get very excited i think he has the ability to be a feature back if everything came together for him um so really like chase brown um The next two guys up, very close to each other. I'm having trouble figuring out which guy I like more. Again, these guys are all in the same tier, so the two guys who come after them, again, not a lot of separation. All these guys are just tightly compacted, you know, into that, you know, say 7.5 out of 10 grade, okay? Um, But uh, Kendra Miller of TCU and uh, Zach Charbonnet, of UCLA both of these guys have that fit-the-suit kind of thing they're both about 215 pounds uh, they both run with some power I like Kendra Miller's feet a lot more um, Carbonet, Charbonnet has shown more in terms of three down potential um, definitely is you know his fundamentals in the passing game are pretty solid and um, So really, you know, so when I look at Charbonnet, I'm like, well, the three down skill set's very obvious, but he's got a little bit of that, you know, that concern that he's a one speed runner, you know, we could have sort of a Royce Freeman scenario with Charbonnet. Um, whereas Kendra Miller, I really like the active feet. I think his speed is maybe underrated a little bit, um, but we don't know what he can be as a receiver. So you know his passing game impact is tough to project. But these are both guys who show a lot of NFL potential. They've got the size the teams are going to look for. If they do hit, there aren't any teams that are going to be afraid of letting these guys touch the football 20 times a week. Uh, They both have goal line potential. So... Kendry Miller at TCU, Zach Charbonnet at UCLA, definitely are guys who are on my board, Um, and you know landing spot draft capital will definitely be I think the thing that breaks these two in different directions for me. Next up, uh, person, you know my personal number four again, you know no separation really between this guy and and and, and uh, a chain um who's my eight but um ty spears out of two lane uh, a little bit on the small side of 201 that's the problem but man i love his feet he's got super light feet he's just one of those pure natural players he you know he he's not a he's not a roid guy he's not pumped up he's got a really beautiful break step and he restarts wonderfully you know uh we don't have a measured time, but he looks fast to me, um, and he's got that extra burst when he wants it. Um, you know, the dream scenario for Tejay Spears would be that he's sort of a shorter version of Jamal Charles. Um, you know, I don't, you know, that, that I don't know about that, but you know, that's that's what you're hoping. Um, but I like Spears; I like him quite a bit. Um, here's where things get sort of interesting. My third running back, and if you're doing the math, you can probably figure out who's next. Um, and again this guy does not have a firm hold on my three spot It's very much part of a big tier here but someone has to be there and uh my three back is uh israel izzy abanakanda hope i got that right um basically it comes down to this guy's 270 pounds he ran a 4-4-1 in his pro day and quite frankly on film Looks like he could be four four flat or even four three nine. This guy can freaking fly, and more than just that, he's got the power to go with that speed. You know, he he's got burst from a standing position, but he's also got burst when he wants to open things up um, and pull away from defenses, which he does with you know frequency. Um, this is a guy with just tons of natural juice. Um, now, you know, and uh, by the way, another guy who just carries his pads like they're not even there. So much I like about this guy, and he's got the stuff that NFL teams look for, that burst, the speed, the size. He's also got production. I know some of you guys love production. Um, So I'm a big Izzy guy. Now, having said that, he's had some fumbling ability. We don't know what he will be like as a receiver in the NFL. He's a little stiff. He's a body catcher. He's got smallish hands. He is not a perfect prospect. But when it comes to the rubber meeting the road on Sunday – there are a lot of NFL teams who are gonna be excited about this player, so he's my he's my third guy. But again, part of a big tier. You know, you can't you can't fake 217 pounds at four four one. You know, this guy didn't show up at his pro day light to run fast. He showed up big and fast. And the NFL, you know, as as Pete Carroll said. Um, At the Combine, uh, the year I went to the Combine, big, fast guys are the hardest to find. And there's there's just no way around it. So this guy's speed-power combo, speed-size combo is going to get him in the door. I like the way he plays. He's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of enthusiasm for the game. I'm a fan. If an NFL team leans into him and I like the situation and he's got some blocking – This guy could become sort of solidified. Now, obviously we know who the next two backs are. No surprises here. Jamar Gibbs, Alabama. Securely in my two-hole because he can be special in the pass game. I mean, size concerns could be somewhat overridden by draft capital here, which is sort of a unique thing, right? We worry about NFL coaches saying this guy's too small to carry a big load, but if an NFL team takes a guy in the first round, there's going to be a compelling reason to make sure you get X level of production out of this player. When organizations lean in, they're invested. They want to make sure everybody thinks they made a good pick. We've seen this before. So teams are not going to go take Gibbs in the first round to have him just be sort of a bit-part player. That's not gonna happen. So this is a unique player where the draft capital could start overriding the size concerns. Um, He's another guy where, you know, this guy could be the next, like, Jamal Charles. You know, another guy who reminds, you know, he's not tall and long like Jamal Charles was. uh, But apart from that, I see so many similarities. Um, And man, Gibbs. Gibbs' ability in the pass game is scary. Um, You know, the right location for this guy. You know, if he went to Buffalo, would be nice. Obviously, you know, Kansas City would be a dream. Um, you know, he could be the heir apparent um, to Eckler if he landed with the Chargers. There's a lot of really interesting spots where uh, Gibbs could land. So, you know, i <laughs> I'd love to sit here and try to scare you off the guy because he's you know 199, but I just I just like him too much. And before we before we get to number one, let's talk about this. Why do we get so worked up about how much a player weighs? Well, there's two reasons. The first is that the NFL cares. And you know, you know, things are about to, you know, air quote, happen to these players. And by extension to us evaluators, things are about to be taken out of our control and the players' control. We are about to lose control of the narrative, if you will, because we can sit here and tell ourselves stories and tell our listeners stories and 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 write our evaluations and this is what's going to happen with this guy and blah, 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 blah. And we may have good ideas. We may even be more right than the team who takes them for all we know. But once an NFL team has a player, they control the narrative. They control what's going to happen and we are beholden to it. So we may love... A player, But if he goes to a, a tough depth chart, if he goes to a bad team platform, meaning we don't like the scheme, or he goes to a team where we maybe we like the scheme, but we don't like the player in the scheme, this is the stuff that's going to happen after the draft. We're going to have to apply a new reality to what we think about these players. And when we're talking about weight, what are we really talking about? Well, think about it this way. Your friend throws you a 16-ounce Dr. Pepper, (laughs) okay? You ever caught a 16-ounce Dr. Pepper? Yeah, he just throws it a couple feet to you, you catch it. Feel the weight. That's a pound. That's one pound, right? Now imagine him throwing a 32-ounce Dr. Pepper. How about a 64-ounce Dr. Pepper? That's four pounds, right? Throws it to you. Catch it in one hand. Feel the weight of that. Okay? Now imagine that it's the differential between Gibbs and H, right? You're talking about, even though Gibbs is a smaller back, you're talking about what? An 11 pound differential. Okay? So now you're talking about even though these guys are both smaller backs, The difference when you're trying to, these guys are running through the hole at 4-3, 4-3-8, whatever. And, you know, these NFL players are reaching out with one hand to pull them down. The difference between A-chain and Gibbs is 11 of those sodas. And that is a lot when it's moving real fast. So try to think of it in those terms. It, you know... Think about what happens to a guy like Clyde Edwards Solaire when he gets arm tackled in the hole. Once these NFL linemen get a handle on him, it's done. It's over. And he's like considerably bigger than either one of these guys, weight wise, I think. What is what is I should have looked this up. I didn't know I was going here before I did it, but I mean what is I'm just going for his combine weight. I just want to, you know, just to make the point. In an exact kind of way. Hilaire always is a little bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, he weighed 207 at the Combine. And he's, you know, a smallish kind of back. So, we just need to stay sober on this stuff. As much as we love guys like A-Chain. Excuse me, A-Chain. As much as I love Gibbs. There are some realities about these players. There are reasons why the NFL may prefer... The Charbonnets and, you know, the Izzy's and obviously the Bijons and the Kendra Millers um, and even the Chase Browns. The extra weight. Extra weight means something to these NFL coaches, evaluators and whatnot. So we can sit here and fall in love. We can even be right. And maybe they're wrong, but they're the ones who get to make the decision and we're beholden to it. So we need to remember about that reality. Anyway, so... As much as I love Gibbs, and as much as part of me wants to, believe it or not, make Gibbs the one and Bijan Robinson the two, because the explosion elements are just so compelling to me, and his ability in the pass game is so compelling to me, reality says Bijan Robinson has to be the one. He has to be the one because he fits the archetype. NFL teams are going to love him. And by the way, he's legit good himself. So Robinson owns the one spot. It's sort of undeniable. And really, in reality, if you are like me and you feel it's a little closer than people think, well, then you've got a beautiful trade-up because Gibbs ain't going to cost you anywhere near as much as Bijon. So if you're like me and you're sort of excited about Gibbs, you, you may be able to get him, whereas Bijon going to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, and again, let's talk about Bijan. Let's give him some love. I mean, dear God, the guy's 215 pounds, carries the weight extremely well. He's fast. He can play every single down. He's an excellent receiver. He breaks tackles. He defends his body. He's got spin moves, stiff arms. This guy's the real deal. The only thing about him is I just don't feel like he's super special. I feel like he's sort of the typical, really good top-of-the-draft back. I don't see, you know... I just don't think this guy's the next coming. But, you know, if I've got the number one pick in a one QB league and my payoff is Bijan Robinson, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Like, you should not be upset that you're holding the one pick this year. You're going to be just fine with Robinson. Um, So, you know, that, when you look at it, we just talked about, you know, uh, 16 different running backs now granted uh, you know 16 15 14 I'm not that interested in those guys uh, but there are 13 if if Sean Tucker ends up being a guy the NFL is okay with his health then I've got 13 running backs on my board that I'm interested enough in where I might even move up in certain scenarios you know if if you know if an Evans or a, a Roshan Johnson or a Bigsby is sitting there late second early third i mean and i like the landing spot who knows maybe i'll, I'll give up a little something and go get him this is a class with what do i want i mean this is a good running back class it's not a great class because I don't, you know, we've seen running back classes where, you know, you know, we're sitting there with like Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook arguing about them as like who's the fourth, who's the fifth. Okay. We've seen some phenomenal running back classes at the top where there's there's a few Bijan Robinson types, right? This isn't one of those classes, but it's a class where the you know that that second round level quality, sometimes you've got two or three of those backs. We've got like I don't know, maybe 10 of them, something like that. 9 or 10, 8, 9, 10, something like that. So I really do like this class in terms of sitting there and scooping up what falls to you um in that second third round second third round area i think there's plenty of those guys so if you are in a league where you need to you're not looking to get necessarily a stud back not, not, not that we don't want one but if you're in a league where you just need i need more quality running backs for depth this is a good year to have an extra late second an extra mid third even a second even a an extra early fourth because you may get some of these guys in those areas uh you know, a lot of you know how we're going to end up paying for players in this draft is going to have a lot to do with, you know, where did do where does the NFL see the breaks, right? There's so many good good backs and so many good tight ends that the number of them could start pushing them down the boards. You know, um, NFL teams are going to just prioritize other positions, which brings me to another point. We talk about draft capital, and draft capital is really important. I'm a big draft capital guy, but we need to understand how draft capital relates to different positions, okay? So you're gonna see running backs taken in the fourth round that are as good as players taken in the second round sometimes. Same thing with tight ends this year. We may see second round quality tight ends going in the fourth because of the depth, okay? So, for, you know, how do we you know, Nick. You know what, Nick Chubb's a perfect example. Nick Chubb was an obvious first round running back it was obvious. Nick Chubb is up. Nick Chubb was a top 10 running back talent, okay? Somehow he makes it out of the first round. Do you drop round 2 draft capital on Nick Chubb? Do we downgrade him to art, you know, to round 2 draft capital? Not if you know what you're doing. Okay? You have to know when the draft capital is a product of the position and not the quality of the player. And this is a class where the depth, so, you know, we've got this big second tier for me some of these guys will go in like round two some round three some might go put get pushed down to round four some of these guys in tier three may jump up so we have to understand that the devaluation of the position itself means that really good players get painted around later you know with that type of overall player quality essentially we can use this to our advantage okay um you know I talked to you know it's probably two years ago what year did Tutu Atwell come out? off the top of my head I can't remember but Atwell is sort of a guy I always use to explain this whole theory because Atwell jumped way up right In fact, let's just for kicks and giggles and, you know we're basically done here folks if you need to leave you can leave um uh, okay here we go Tutu Atwell the 2021 draft okay I mean, what in the second, yeah. Late second round, 57th overall pick. Okay. From a draft capital standpoint, this guy would be a fantasy player. In reality, and who knows, I mean, look, maybe the Rams thought they were getting something. I don't know what the Rams were thinking, but to me, this was we're simply drafting the speed. We're trying to get a guy who can open up the field. And that that's the usefulness for a guy like Tutu Atwell. But look at the guys who go after him, which, ha- and, and I'm not going to get into who's been good and who's been bad, but here are some guys who went after him who I had on my board way, way, way ahead of him, okay? Terrace Marshall, uh, Josh Palmer, Nico Collins, Anthony Schwartz, uh, Almond Ross St. Brown. Now, none of these players, none of them in any way, shape, or form should have been taken after Tutu Atwell in a fantasy draft. Yet, if you go back and look, a lot of the times, they were and as a dynasty player we need to be savvy enough to understand that and again this is an extreme example a lot of people just intuitively knew this but it's important not to be such a slave to draft capital that we take a 2-2 Atwell, move them up our boards to the expense of a Terrace Marshall, a Josh Palmer, a Nico Collins, God forbid, an Amon Ross St. Brown. Who, by the way, if you want to take a guy who I missed, that's a good example. I missed Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, so, you know, that's really the point. We really want to make sure that we can delineate between guys who have draft capital for NFL purposes. Meaning, you know, he they took him ahead of player X because player X can't return punts and they have to have a punt returner. They took him ahead of player X because they're looking for a guy to clear out the field to open up underneath routes. He's not really being drafted for the production, for the statistics he'll provide. He's being drafted for the efficiency he's gonna create when they do their route design for other players, right? So we have to know what we're drafting. And you know what, there's a player this year, I think, you know who's a reasonably good example um you know Mike Wilson out of Stanford Mike Wilson may end up becoming something in time he's got a lot of things that we like but by and large this guy is a team leader captain type great blocker um, you know if he were to develop into a quality route runner maybe he could be a possession guy at the next level but Michael Wilson is a guy who may be overdrafted in terms of the way we think but he won't be overdrafted necessarily in terms of the way the NFL thinks so let's, we just need to sort of understand when players fall into that category uh, and that we don't follow them. We, we don't push them up our boards just because they got moved up in no boards. Okay, sorry if that was long-winded. Uh, but again, in short, this is a quality um, class of running backs. It does not have an inordinate amount of high-end guys. I like the depth. I think if we can be patient there are going to be some really nice buying opportunities for us in, as we move into the second and third rounds and obviously what we're going to do in a major way is tighten up and drill down uh, on our boards once we have landing spots once we know what kind of hands that these guys have been dealt um it, it it's just gonna ha- it's gonna be a huge factor and and by the way and and I don't have a problem with people who play this way some people be like I don't care about landing spot I'm drafting the talent it's a perfectly reasonable way to play but if you're the kind of person who is a big draft and flipper if you want to be able to you know if you're not into waiting if you are impatient then you want guys who are going to increase value guys with bad landing spots are unlikely to increase value in their rookie season so depending on your style of play this stuff can really matter in different ways. Like, I like the landing spot for his long-term, no way this guy plays as a rookie, that kind of thing. Um, you know, like a like a Walker last year. Is Are we, do people love Walker as much if Penny never gets hurt? It's an open question. I mean, certainly the talent was obvious, um, but, you know, we actually got to see it. Would we have seen as much of it if Penny never gets hurt? We don't know. Um, now, the difference with that is he was so good. He was going to and it. it didn't matter. But anyway, um, that's going to do it for today. Went a, went a little bit longer than I wanted to. Uh, but uh, I will be back tomorrow. We're going to do this same basic um, procedure um, with the receivers. And then um, Thursday morning, I will come back. I will re- sort of re-firm up the QB, the QB rankings, if you will. Um, we'll do sort of a little bit of a discussion on the class as a whole, um, which really is not terribly relevant because, you know, landing spots get even more interesting when we start doing cross-positional com- you know, comparisons. But again, we'll save that fun stuff uh, for after the draft. So again, thank you for listening. It's nice to have you, uh, you all back. It's nice to know I still have some listeners out there after my break. Um, and uh, hey, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Giddy up.